It is May Day and you're celebrating. And here in your honor are three groups of poems. This one is Sir Walter Scott's The Fire King. The blessings of the evil genii, which are curses, were upon him, an eastern tale. Bold knights and fair dames, to my harp give an ear of love and of war and of wonder to hear, and you haply may sigh in the midst of your glee at the tale of Count Albert and fair Rosalie. Oh, see you that castle so strong and so high, and see you that lady, the tear in her eye, and see you that palmer from Palestine's land, the shell on his hat and the staff in his hand. Now, palmer, great palmer, oh, tell unto me what news bring you home from the holy country, and how goes the warfare by Galilee's strand, and how fair are nobles the flower of the land. Oh, well goes the warfare by Galilee's wave, for Gilead and Nablus and Ramah we have, and well fare our nobles by Mount Lebanon, for the heathen have lost and the Christians have won. A fair chain of gold mid her ringlets there hung, o'er the palmer's gray locks the fair chain has she flung. O palmer, great palmer, this chain be thy fee, for the news thou hast brought from the holy country. And Palmer, good Palmer, by Galilee's wave, if saw ye Count Albert the gentle and brave? When the crescent went back and the red cross rushed on, O saw ye him foremost on Mount Lebanon. O lady, fair lady, the tree green it grows. O lady, fair lady, the stream pure it flows. Your castle stands strong and your hopes soar on high, but, lady, fair lady, all blossoms to die. The green boughs they wither, the thunderbolt falls, it leaves of your castle but leave in scorched walls. The pure stream runs muddy, the gay hope is gone, Count Albert is prisoner on Mount Lebanon. Oh, she's ta'en a horse, should be fleet at her speed, and she's ta'en a sword, should be sharp at her need, and she has ta'en shipping for Palestine's land to ransom Count Albert from Sol Dan Rhee's hand. Small thought had Count Albert on fair Rosalie. Small thought on his faith, on his knighthood had he. A heathenish damsel, his light-hearted one, the Soldan's fair daughter of Mount Lebanon. O Christian, brave Christian, my love wouldst thou be. Three things must thou do ere I hearken to thee. Our laws and our worship on thee shalt thou take, and this thou shalt first do for Zulima's sake. And next in the cavern where burns evermore the mystical flame which the Kurdmans adore. Alone and in silence, three nights shalt thou wake, and this shalt next do for Zulima's sake. And last thou shalt aid us with counsel and hand to drive the frank robber from Palestine's land. For my lord and my love then, Count Albert, I'll take, when all this is accomplished for Zulima's sake. 
He is thrown by his helmet and cross-handled sword, renouncing his knighthood, denying his lord. He has ta'en the green caftan and turban put on for the love of the maiden of fair Lebanon. And in the dread cavern deep, deep underground, which 50 steel gates and steel portals surround, he is watched until daybreak, but sight saw he none, save the flame burning bright on his altar of stone. Amazed was the princess, the soldan amazed, sore murmured the priests as on Albert they gazed. They searched all his garments and under his weeds, they found and took from him his rosary beads. Again in the cavern, deep, deep underground, he watched the lone night while the winds whistled round. Far off was their murmur, he came not more nigh. The flame burned unmoved, and not else did he spy. Loud murmured the priests, and amazed was the king. While many dark spells of their witchcraft they sing, they searched Albert's body, and lo, on his breast was the sign of the cross by his father impressed. The priests, they erase it with care and with pain, and the recreant returned to the cavern again. But as he descended, a whisper there fell, it was his good angel that bade him farewell. High bristled his hair, his heart fluttered and beat, and he turned him five steps, half resolved to retreat. But his heart, it was hardened, his purpose was gone, when he thought of the maiden of fair Lebanon. Scarce passed he the archway, the threshold scarce trod, when the winds from the four points of heaven were abroad. They made each steel portal to rattle and ring, and borne on the blast came the dread fire king. Full sore rocked the cavern when e'er he drew nigh, the fire on the altar blazed bickering and high. In volcanic explosions the mountains proclaimed the dreadful approach of the monarch of flame, unmeasured in height, undistinguished in form. His breath it was lightning, his voice it was storm. I ween the stout heart of Count Albert was tame when he saw in his terrors the monarch of flame. In his hand a broad falcon, blue glimmered through smoke, and Mount Lebanon shook as the monarch he spoke. With this brand shalt thou conquer, thus long and no more, till thou bend to the cross and the virgin adore. The cloud-shrouded arm gives the weapon and see. The recreant receives the charmed gift on his knee. The thunders growl distant and faint gleam the fires as borne on his whirlwind the phantom retires. Count Albert has armed him the painum among. Though his heart it was false, yet his arm it was strong. And the red cross waxed faint, and the crescent came on from the day he commanded on Mount Lebanon. From Lebanon's forest to Galilee's wave, the sands of Samar drank the blood of the brave, till the knights of the temple and knights of St. John, with Salem's King Baldwin against him, came on. The war symbols clattered, the trumpets replied, the lances were couched and they closed on each side, and horsemen and horses count Albert or through, till he pierced the thick tumult, King Baldwin unto. 
against the charmed blade which Count Albert did wield. The fence had been vain of the king's red cross shield, but a page thrust him forward, the monarch before, and cleft the proud turban the renegade wore. So fell was a dint that Count Albert stooped low before the cross shield to steel saddle bow. And scarce had he bent to the red cross's head, Bon grass, Notre Dame, it unwittingly said. Sore sighed the charm sword, for its virtue was over. It sprung from his grasp and was never seen more. But true men have said that the lightning's red wing did waft back the brand to the dread fire king. He clenched his set teeth in his gauntleted hand. He stretched with one buffet that page on the strand. As back from the stripling the broken cask rolled, you might see the blue eyes and the ringlets of gold. Short time had Count Albert in horror to stare on those death-swimming eyeballs and blood-clotted hair, for down came the Templars like Cedron in flood, and dyed their long lances in Saracen blood. The Saracens, Kurdmans, and Ishmaelites yield to the scallop, the salty air, and cross-letted shield, and the eagles were gorged with the infidel dead, from Bethsaida's fountains to Naphtali's head. The battle is over on Bethsaida's plain. Oh, who is yon Paynum, lies stretched mid the slain? And who is yon page, lying cold at his knee? Oh, who, but Count Albert and fair Rosalie? The lady was buried in Salem's blessed bound. The count he was left to the vulture and hound. His soul to high mercy our lady did bring. His went on the blast to the dread fire king. Yet many a minstrel and harping can tell how the red cross it conquered, the crescent it fell. And lords and gay ladies have sighed mid their glee at the tile of Count Albert and fair Rosalie. Now here is a lighter group of small poems by the great Skelton, who is writing long ago. From the Garland of Laurel, Three Poems to Three Ladies, to Mistress Marjorie Wentworth. With marjorie gentle, the flower of goodlyhood, embroidered the mantle is of your maidenhood. Plainly I cannot glose, ye be as I divine, the pretty primrose, the goodly columbine. With marjorie gentle, the flower of goodlyhead, embroidered the mantle is of your maidenhood. Benign, courteous, and meek, with wordies well devised, in you who list to seek, by virtues well compromised, with marjorie gentle, the flower of goodly head, embroidered the mantle is of your maiden head. To Mistress Isabel Pinnell, 
By Saint Mary, my lady, your mammy and your daddy brought forth a goodly baby. My maiden Isabel, reflaring Rosabel, the flagrant camomel, the ruddy rosary, the sovereign rosemary, the pretty strawberry, the columbine, the nut, the jellifer well set, the proper violet, in you, dear color, is like the daisy flow after the April shower. Star of the morrow gray, the blossom on the spray, the freshest flower of May. Maidenly demure of womanhood the lure, wherefore I make you sure. It were an heavenly health, it were an endless wealth, a life for God himself to hear this nightingale among the birdies smelly, warbelling in the vale, dug dug jug jug, good year and good luck, with chuck 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 chuck. You may notice jug jug has somehow migrated into Eliot's work. To Mistress Margaret Hussey, Mary Margaret as midsummer flower, gentle as falcon or hawk of the tower, with solace and gladness, much mirth and no madness, all good and no badness, so joyously, so maidenly, so womanly, her demeaning in everything, far, far passing that I can indict or suffice to write of Mary Margaret, as midsummer flower, gentle as falcon or hawk of the tower, as patient and as still, and as full of goodwill as fair Isophil, Colliander, sweet Palmander, good Cassander, steadfast of thought, well made, well wrought, far may be sought, erst ye can find, so courteous, so kind, as Mary Margaret, this midsummer flower, gentle as falcon, or hawk of the tower. Lastly, to Mistress Isabel Knight. But if I should acquit your kindness, else say ye might, that in me were great blindness, I for to be so mindless, and could not write of Isabel Knight. It is not my custom or my guise to leave behind her that is noth, womanly and wise, and specially which glad was to devise the means to find to please my mind in helping to work my laurel green with silk and gold galatea the maid well be seen was never half so fair i ween which was extolled a thousandfold by marrow the mantuan prudent who lists to read but and i had leisure competent I could show you such a precedent in very deed how you exceed. We will end today with uh, the close friend of Lord Byron, Thomas More, in 1823. He published a very long poem, and I will just read the preface to it, which is in verse as well the loves of the angels. 
Twas when the world was in its prime, when the fresh stars had just begun, the race of glory in young time told his first birthdays by the sun. When in the light of nature's dawn, rejoicing men and angels met on the high hill and sunny lawn, ere sorrow came or sin had drawn, twixt man and heaven, her curtain yet. When earth lay nearer to the skies than in these days of crime and woe, and mortals saw without surprise in the midair angelic eyes gazing upon this world below. Alas, that passion should profane, even then, that morning of the earth, that sadder still the fatal stain should fall on hearts of heavenly birth. And oh, that stain so dark should fall from woman's love, most sad of all. One evening in that time of bloom, on a hillside where hung the ray of sunset, sleeping in perfume, three noble youths conversing lay, and as they looked from time to time to the far sky where daylight furled his radiant wing, their brows sublime bespoke them of that distant world, creatures of light such as still play like motes in sunshine round the Lord, and through their infinite array transmit each moment, night and day, the echo of his luminous word. Of heaven they spoke, and still more oft, of the bright eyes that charmed them thence, till yielding gradual to the soft and balmy evening's influence, the silent breathing of the flowers, the melting light that beamed above, as on their first fond airing hours, each told the story of his love, the history of that hour unblessed, when like a bird from its high nest, one down by fascinating eyes, for woman's smile he lost the skies. Thank you.